Why don't you like this? I'm Seb. And I'm Molly. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by a love of ironic t-shirts and charity shop furniture and incense sticks and elephant shell by the Tokyo Police Club. Three years in, we've realised that we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast is. Each episode, we'll be diving into a topic, exploring why one of us likes it, and more importantly, asking the other... Why don't you like this? What kind of name is that anyhow, huh? Kumar. What is that, like five O's or two U's? No, it's actually one U. Yeah, bullshit. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the first Harold and Kumar movie. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle slash Harold and Kumar get the munchies. So I think it's worth mentioning that we watched this over a week ago, but we've just been too busy to actually record the episode. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the cultural relevance of the film, its place in stoner movie grading, I guess, and also diversity in America. Seb loves this movie, or thinks it's a good movie, and going into this, I absolutely hated the idea of this movie. Without even seeing it, I never heard of it before until I met Seb, and then he was all over it the whole of our relationship. He's always been mentioning it. It's definitely one that I've always considered to be my top ten. So uh, let's get into it. So normally when we record an episode, we'll go straight into it. But this time, as I said, we took a week between. And in that week, you've made it no secret how you felt about the movie. Either that or I'm bluffing really well. Maybe, but I don't think you are. I think you didn't enjoy the movie at all. Uh, Yeah, I'd say there's no part that I sat into that movie and thought... I could see myself watching this movie again, or even I could see myself looking back on this movie and thinking, you know, that was actually alright after all. And I think it's been quite good to have a week to kind of think about the themes and stuff of the movie and be able to go at it from not a standpoint of having just watched it and hated it straight away. So, I mean, before we really sort of dive in and go in depth, You say that there was no part of the movie where you thought, I could see myself properly watching this. Was there any part of the movie you could at least see had some merit to it? No. Not at all? I'd say I'd go as far as putting Avatar The Last Airbender above this movie. So, obviously I brought up before the fact that it has a 7.1 on IMDb. Which Which I don't know how. It's a sort of a score that's really reserved for good to great movies. Right, it's not good to great, it's averagely good movies. I'd I'd say very good is what attains a 7, between a 7 and an 8. No. Well, regardless, it's still a very high score. It's not a very high score, it's a a mediocre score. It's a very high score for a movie that you're claiming has no value whatsoever to it. I guess. So why do you think it might have such a high score? I reckon because stoner culture, predominantly like nostalgic stoner culture, has kind of had a rise. Because I feel like people are more into that kind of aesthetically... I don't know. Do you know what I mean? That kind of stoner culture. So do you think it's a recent adoption of this as a classic? I think it's a lot of people when they first go to uni and start experimenting... I can imagine this is what they put on at a party. So the movie came out in 2004, 
I think I first watched it in 2008 or 2009. I think it was on Comedy Central one night, and I just happened to flick on it, and I immediately really enjoyed it. Granted, 2008, I would have been... How old was I in 2008? You would have been, like, 14. I would have been about 14. Um, so immediately I went to look it up on IMDb. I think I also bought the DVD at the same time. Um, it was one of those ones I could buy very cheaply, just because at that point DVDs were starting to be on the decline. But even at that point, it had a 7 on IMDb, or a 7 point something. So that's not a recent uprise. It's been at that level consistently since it came out. Yeah, but a 7 score from three people No, it's, back in the day. It, it wasn't three people. It was still a solid, like a realistic 7, not just a overinflated, no one saw it at 7. Yeah, but I'm sure Bruce Almighty's probably got a, a right score. Maybe, but... Or Big Mama's House. So, do you understand why someone might see a value in it as a movie? No. For me, I don't understand any of the appeal of any stoner movies. They're my least favourite kind of movies. I'd say, in terms of movies, they seem like the ones that require the least amount of brain cells to watch. Why? Because they're so stupid. Have, have you ever seen any other stoner movies aside from Harold and Kumar? What other ones are there? Dude, where's my car? Oof, no, I Granted, seen that. that's not a good example. That's a terrible. That's movie, the one that got Aston Kutcher in it. Isn't yeah, it? and Sean William Scott from American Pie. Any other ones? Um, Half Baked. That's considered no. quite a good one. Um, obviously, if you go back really early, you've got the Cheech and Chong movies. No. You've got How High is another not great one, but still entertaining. No. Um, so I'd say rather than looking at stoner movies in the context of movies for stoners, maybe try thinking about them in the context of lowbrow humour. But even the humour, like specifically the bit where they ride on that fucking cheat or whatever it is. Yeah, sort of a weird surreal moment. I think is like probably the lowest point in any film ever. And I don't peg me wrong, I've watched all the mummy films. Other than the new one with Tom Cruise. But I've watched them, and they were probably... If we're going on IMDb scores, this Harold and Kumar would be down at minus negative 7.1, and the mummy would be at 10 on that scale. What, on your personal scale? No, just on the scale of how good something actually is. <laughs> That's how polar opposite they are. So you do enjoy some lowbrow humour. Like, for example, we've recently been talking a lot about white chicks... Yeah, and this is the thing. So what's fundamentally different between White Chicks and Harold and Kumar? I think the Harold and Kumar, the main factor I noticed about them was that they were stoned. They weren't stoned throughout the whole movie. But they were talking about weed the whole movie. The whole film was about weed. It was literally like a PSA on why you shouldn't do weed. I'd say that it wasn't, the whole movie wasn't about weed. I'd say weed was just the framing device for the movie. Yeah, but it's like, if I went around all day at work and was speaking about weed, they'd probably think I was a stoner. It's not a bad, it's not a weird thing to assume it's a stoner movie because they talk about weed the whole time through. Well, would you say that Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is a movie about drugs? Yes. I'd say that's a very oversimplified way of looking at it. Well, no. It's like, would you say Kids is a movie about drugs? Yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. You haven't seen Kids. I know enough about it. It's not about... Kids is absolutely not a movie about drugs. 
It is a movie about drugs. It's a movie it's got in which drugs in it. Some drugs are taken. So you're going to tell me train spotting is not about drugs now? Are, are you going to? Would you minimalize train spotting to train spotting is about heroin? I would say the predominant theme in all these films is drugs. Then it's got side themes of different character developments, different like kids. I guess it's a social, a social critique or a social it like a thing that shows what is happening at the time. But just like Fear and Loathing, its predominant theme or the way it portrays stuff is through drugs. It's got the drug lens on it. I'd say But it's about the American dream. But yeah, it has got drugs. But it's, it's like the Wolf But that of Wall makes Street. it not about drugs. That means it's a movie that uses drugs as a movie as that a uses... a conduit or yeah, something. Yeah, or as a framing mechanism yeah, to then like talk the, about an like idea. That's like The Wolf of Wall Street. I would still consider The Wolf of Wall Street a film about drugs. Would you? Yeah. Because I don't remember there being many drugs in Wolf of Wall Street at all. He's off his face on those bloody... Quaaludes. No, yeah, Quaaludes. Yeah, but that's not what the whole movie is. It pretty much is. It's like, okay, the one stoner film that I know for a fact that I love... Okay. Without a paddle. And that, I would still say, is a stoner film. So what? Even though it doesn't really show drugs very very much. So it shows that... that one scene of them getting high in a field when they... If that's a weird way to qualify things, then. If a movie that features one scene with weed then makes it a stoner movie. Mm, it's got the aspects of a stoner film as well, though. Like, without a paddle, I guess this lowbrow humour that you're saying is that is literally the film that is that. Yeah, that I'd say that comes under lowbrow humour. But that is clever humour. And it's got the what's, guy from Scooby-Doo in it. What's clever about, about a paddle? Because it just, doesn't have anything beyond that to say. No, it does. Like what? That it's difficult to grow up. Yeah, but it's sad. They realise they're all moving on in their lives... It's like a coming-of-age film where they're going on one last trip and then they're becoming adults. I suppose. I mean, I'm not saying that, that is Without a, a Paddle is a bad movie. That is a good film. You it know was, it yeah, was. I enjoyed it. So, aside from the drugs, you didn't enjoy the humour at all of Harold and Kumar? I just didn't really understand it. So, I'd say one of my favourite jokes in the movie is sort of the interchange when he's about to cross the street and the police car immediately pulls up. Yeah, I thought that was tacky. When he starts going jaywalking, he Kumar. goes, "Don't, don't, don't jaywalk, Kumar! Don't jaywalk!" And then Kumar goes, "Oh, we haven't seen a car for like ten minutes." And then the Chinese one goes, "Oh, okay then, Kumar, let's cross the street." And the policeman goes, like Cat in the Hat or something. Yeah, and, and then, gives him a ticket. The the exchange between them after that, when the the police officer starts saying things like. Oh, Kumar, how's that even spelled? Is it two K's, four U's, four A's? Harold, that's a real good American name right there. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. I've never heard any Asian being called Harold. It's an absolutely ridiculous name. Yeah, but don't forget that a lot of the time, you know, someone might have Asian parents who grew up in a different country, came to the country and then had a child and wanted their child to assimilate into the country. No one in the 21st century, has ever been called Harold. <laughs> I'm telling you this now. People are called Harry. Harry's short for Harold. Harry is its own name. Uh, well, they're kind of That's like saying Sebastian's short for Sebastianator, like I well, call no, you. Well, no, it's like saying Sebastian's short for Sebastian. Or Sebastianator, which is not even related. 
Well, yeah, but that's a name that you've made up. Harry and Harold are both the same no, name. No, I don't know anyone called Harry that's actually called Harold. Regardless, it's... A stupid name. But I think that kind of brings us into what I think is one of the central themes. We've discussed this. What do you think that I'm considering to be one of the central themes? Racism within American culture and the underlying racial themes of the film towards the Chinese and the Indian background people of the so-called film Harold and Akumar. No. I'd say it's not about racism, but I'd say if you look at pretty much any character, they're either a subversion or a depiction of certain cultural ideas. Say, for example, the black guy that's in prison. He was arrested for supposedly resisting, but he's a very mellow guy, goes very much against any stereotypes against black people. Say, um, for example, the hillbilly type character. Yeah, when they go, thank you, come again. Yeah, or or sort of the meathead characters, the extreme boys. Yeah, they're sort of, you know, a depiction of some some of the worst stereotypes about white people. Literally, like little mini M and M's in there. Or say, for example, the police officer. That's sort of playing on the idea of what police are, how police respond to minorities, and even Harold and Kumar themselves. You know, Kumar. I guess a big character moment for him is when he finally decides that he will become a doctor towards the end of the movie. because And the whole reason he hasn't wanted to until this point is that he's afraid of falling into that stereotype and just being an Indian guy that became a doctor because that's such a sort of... I guess he sees it as a cliche, but then eventually he becomes to realise that there's nothing wrong with that. So I think it's not necessarily saying white people are bad against minorities. Police don't like minorities. It's saying that... You know, it, sometimes it is okay to follow what you might think be a set-out path for you, but follow in your cultural heritage, follow what your peers are doing. I don't know, I think I think it's just a theme that's explored within the movie, is the idea of stereotypes, portrayal and subversion. I think the thing with watching that film and saying that it's all of that stuff in that one film that we watch feels to me like maybe we didn't watch the same film. Well, which part of what I've just said doesn't... do you think isn't true? Because I would have not noticed about the black guy. I knew he was in prison. I didn't know what the fuck he was in prison well, you, for. You weren't paying attention then when he was talking. Honestly, I literally couldn't pay attention to that. It was painful. It was, my eyes were bleeding watching that. What about the, the white meathead extreme boys? Eh... But this is the thing, we live in the UK and neither me or Seb have experienced this kind of, these racism under themes. But it's not all about racism, it's about... Or or these racial under themes of different cultures being treated differently It's not about how they're treated, I think it's about how they're portrayed. Or how they're portrayed portrayed in the media, but we see media that has these characters and has these different cultures just because they're not around us. They are in media. But I just don't... I don't feel like that Stoner film is saying that. I feel like it's being ridiculous. It's like saying... It's like watching Teletubbies and saying, oh, you know, they're all worshipping Satan. But where the fuck did you get that from? Just just because one of them's red... Doesn't mean he's the devil. <laughs> but how many of the points that I've just said line up? Quite a few. You know, the attitude of police, the way we see the way the police act, that is how the police character acts. 
particularly against minorities. Yeah, but I don't believe the police are doing this. Or the way that, say, for example, you know, redneck types are portrayed. Sort of, you know, the hillbillies. Think how the hillbilly character is portrayed. Yeah, but that's literally any film. But then it's subverted by the fact that he has a very ordinary wife. I just don't... To me, I just don't make that comparison at all. You know what I mean? It just feels like... But now that I'm saying it, do you see where I'm No, it feels like you're watching a TED Talk and I was watching fucking shit. Maurice do a shit on the floor. That's I, for what I felt like I was watching. Well, I think you're deliberately refusing to see what I'm saying. I just don't understand how a film where they ride a fucking tiger or something and they fall off and hit his head or whatever is showing how cops act differently <laughs> towards different minorities because the whole movie isn't Harry yeah, but all he did was jaywalk yeah exactly and that's the point then when you see the black man who was arrested at one point he's holding a book and he goes he's holding a weapon and he goes it's a book and he goes put down the book it, you know it, it is an idea of the way that minorities are treated in America. But I don't understand because I'm not a minority in America. Yeah, but you don't have to be a thing to understand it. I'm just saying, I don't understand. I don't know if this is because I'm white. It's not. Because are there you are sure? white Because there are white characters in the movie who I would say also... Harold does not count as white. <laughs> the extreme boys. The, yeah, the ones that I see myself in. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, so great. We, the whites get all the good characters then, don't they? Well, he's a representation of celebrity culture. This is also one of the reasons... I didn't even realise this guy was in this film. And then he showed up with a stupid chicken little face. And I was fucking well pissed. He does look like chicken little. A little bit. I hate him. Was he chicken little? No. Oh. But, say, if I grab the DVD cover, for example... That Asian guy from American Pie, John Cho, that Indian guy from Van Wilder, Cal Penn, it's even pointing you to that as a conclusion to what it's saying on the DVD cover. I just think it was stupid. I just think, the hell is a character called Harold? The hell? Why? Because what's his real name? Harold. No, in real life. John Cho. John Cho. So John's also a very normal name. Yeah, John is a weird name though, isn't it? Is it? It's a pretty weird name for a new person name. to be born. Well, he wouldn't be a new person in two. He wasn't born in two thousand four, was he? No, he still would be new. They're depicted as having been out of college for a few years, so that makes them in their mid twenties. I don't fucking know. So that means they were born in nineteen eighty at the earliest, really. Oh my god! So I just think, I just think people trying to see stuff in this film that is primarily about them smoking a lot of weed and wanting to go to White Castle to get some burgers. Which the fuck is the White Castle so far away? And why does it take them a whole hour and a half to get there? Because they keep getting diverted. The how? Because many if things happen. They lose their car. Neil Patrick Harris steals their car. Yeah, but don't pick Neil Patrick Harris up. Well, you yeah, fucking well, idiot. Well, yeah, didn't know that at the time, did they? They didn't they know. know that. The Chinese one even said not to. The Chinese yeah, one said. But then they did. But they're idiots. Well, yeah, and also they go to they try to go to one they think is in town, but it got 
it, they got rid of it, so they yeah, had to go to the next one over. That's ridic- so that's fine. Yeah. You go to one thinking it's that, and then it's not that. Yeah. Because that ha- does happen in real life. Or you can go on the internet and Google it. Not in 2004. Oh, so I didn't realise they didn't have the internet. Not as accessible as we have it now. Okay. You didn't couldn't just go on your iPhone yeah, in 2004. Yeah, but if this is in 2004, surely you know if the White Castle was in town. Well, how would they know? Because they couldn't Google it. What? So in Penzance, we wouldn't know if fucking Domino's is shut down? Yeah, but they don't live in Penzance. They live in a big city. No, that's not what a town is. You said in the middle of their town. Whatever, in the middle of the area that they live. Well, what I'm saying is to you... Or their suburb or their district What I'm saying to you is they, they had one aim that night and they didn't, they didn't even do it the whole, in the whole night. How do you feel about the movie Superbad? Well, I can't really remember it, to be fair. Their one aim... Oh, the only thing I liked in that movie was the fact that he was called McLovin and he also looked like a chicken from Chicken Little. What's your obsession with Chicken Little? Nah, I'm pretty sure Neil Patrick Harris was in Chicken Little. Are we, do we have to look it up? We'll look it up after, but I'm pretty sure. Alright, we'll look it up in the break. Um, so you're refusing to see any of the things that I'm seeing in it? I just don't know why. But you do, see you, this. do you think other people see them, and do you think that's part of why? No, it's such a I high don't. School? Do you think I'm alone in making this assessment? I think you're being a bit ridiculous. Because for a lowbrow comedy to have, you know, some, yeah, I, I would bet you white super chicks. Super bad. Yeah, super bad is also considered a classic in lowbrow humour. But yeah. white chicks, I bet white chicks has barely got a six. And super bad's a lot better than this film. I do think super bad is better. So why the hell have you been going on for f- almost four years about this stupid movie? Because I think it's underrated. It's not underrated. Not it's got too much it. rated. It's a cult classic, whereas everybody's seen Superbad. You had seen Superbad before we were together. Huh? You'd seen Superbad before we were together. I don't know if I have fully seen it all the way through. Well, you probably have. I think I've only seen it when it gets a fake ID. I'm just saying, there are comedies... That are funnier, and there are social critiques which are better. But can you accept that it might be a social critique that you're not seeing? But then everything's a social critique. What SpongeBob SquarePants has probably got racial under themes. Okay, go on then. So what is? Go on. Plankton's probably an Indian man. What? Because he's been outcast by the rest of the re- Americans. What? And and the crab man is a greedy capitalist. What's... And Spongebob is the average man. Well, yeah, maybe. Squidward's the average man, really. No, no. Squidward is a paedophile. What? <laughs> he is. You can't question it. And then Patrick is the stay-at-home dad. And Sandy is Hispanic. Is she? She is. I'm telling you now. She's and that Texas. I don't care. So, I don't care. So they can then. be... What, yeah. What's Camp Rock... A social critique of, if everything can be a social critique, if you read enough into it. Ah, Cat Rock, a social critique of how fa- how famous people can act with their fans because he thinks he's better than everyone else. You know this I is true. I wouldn't say that's a social critique. It's a social tr- critique of how celebrities are put on a pedestal. All right, what is, um, what's stuck in love? A social critique of, oh, by the way, I'm just looking at DVDs that are on the shelf right next to me. A social critique of people's attitude towards conjoined twins. 
Is it? Yes. Are there conjoined twins in Stuck in Love? You're Wait. thinking of Stuck on You. Oh, that is a good film. <laughs> what is Stuck in Love? Um, oh, that is a good film. That one. Yes. It's a social critique on how divorce affects a family. Is it? Or is it just an examination of that? No, it's a social a critique of that. It critiques the way relationships end, and it critiques That's not what a the. It, then. It's socially critiques why I, it's got stoners in it. Okay, are you happy now? Um, let's move away from our differing interpretations of it. Um, I have got a question, and I've asked quite a few people at my workplace this question as well while I was preparing for this episode. Do you have to be stoned? Or a stoner to watch stoner movies. I think you need to have done drugs to enjoy them. Do you need to be stoned whilst watching them? Mm, I'd say it helps, because to be fair, I'd need to be blackout drunk to be able to watch that a second time. I literally need to be collapsed on the floor, and then maybe I'd find it funny when that lion runs across the screen. It It was like watching The Mighty Boosh. If someone was watching the Mighty Boosh as they crashed their car, it was that bad. It was the two worst things in the world, car crashes and the Mighty Boosh. Why are car crashes the worst thing in the oh, world? Oh, they're just bad, aren't they? They're pretty bad, but they're not the worst. What I'm saying is, it was painful. Okay, so do you need to have done heroin before to appreciate train spotting? I mean, it'd probably help. Because I don't fucking know what heroin's like. But you can still watch and enjoy but, spotting the same as 99% of people who will see that movie. But it's different though, isn't it? Heroin is pretty extreme, whereas most people have probably done weed. Do you know what I mean? It's not out of the thing to assume that pretty much everyone's probably done weed at one point in their life. So do you think that you need I to think, have had that experience to understand the movie? I think it helps to have an experience where you can relate to the characters. Just like why the reason I feel like I can't relate to the characters or I can't understand some of the like the sub genres within it because I'm not mixed race. Or I'm not I'm You're just not white. Non-white. Yeah, I'm just white. I don't know, it seems like a quite a narrow way to look at it. But to just assume that because because the characters aren't you, you can't. But I've never seen that. I live I live in a small town in Cornwall where we very rarely see anyone non-white. It's just weird to see them down here. Okay, um, what was the movie we most wanted to watch but didn't get to watch last year? Tell me. It was Sorry to Bother You. Oh my god. A movie. This man is beautiful. A movie starring Keith Stanfield, who, lest we forget, is... He's black. And star- written by a man who was... Probably black. And directed by that same man and starring a lot of black people. Do you think that you wouldn't have been able to enjoy that movie? I don't know, because the main reason I like Lakeith. Yeah. Because he's not not just the first fact, he's beautiful. He is is beautiful. But my favourite film, Short Term 12, he was in it and he was a really cool character in it. But I was able to relate to that film so much. Why? Because the lead character is shop white. Okay, were you able to enjoy Get Out? I enjoyed Get Out. 
Yeah. So being able to directly relate to the situation, but, but this is what I'm being saying. Being able to enjoy aren't mutually exclusive. No, they're not. I guess they're not mutually exclusive. But I would say this is the thing with Harold and Kumar. It's not as good as a social critique as Get Out. Yeah, it's not meant to be as good. No, but it's also not as good of a stoner film as Without a Paddle. But you, or literally I, any other But film. I don't think most people would consider Without a Paddle to be a stoner comedy. I don't know. It goes into that whole subgenre. They get piled in together. Well, yeah, it goes into the lowbrow humour. But I would also say White Chicks is part of that pile. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other stoner films that I've seen. Um, I, can, I literally can imagine anything worse than that. Okay, I'm going to... It's quite unorthodox, but I'm going to go on my phone and I'm going to Google a list of stoner films... Um, okay, so when did without okay, yeah, no, without paddlers listed on Wikipedia as a stone? <laughs> so is Tenacious D, Super High Me. Um, I have seen Van Wilder. Van Wilder party liaison. High School. I've seen Judy as well. High School Musical. No, just High School. So this seems to consider anything. I I think though that. Oh, so automatically. So on Wikipedia, anything that shows drugs is considered a stoner film, which is what yours truly said. Where Seb was like, "No, it's got to be something like, dude, I've lost my car. Where's my car, man?" <laughs> I don't know. I think there are specific qualities that that make something a stoner comedy, and I don't think that. One scene featuring a little bit but of. But I don't know if they do more than that. I can't really Maybe. remember. I can't remember either. Um, I just remember it's so fucking good. It's literally, I'd say, that Dodgeball and Blaze of Glory are three of the best of that. White Chicks is pretty good, but I wouldn't put that on the list. Without a Paddle, number one. Dodgeball, number two. Blaze of Glory, number three. It's just good. It's just wholesome. Okay, so um, I'm going to take it into the break for a minute, but I do want to bring you back on the point that you've made in a couple episodes at this point now, that you need to be able to relate to the situations in the movie to enjoy it as much. Okay. I think that's quite a narrow way of looking at things, and I think it's going to prevent you from enjoying a lot of things. Let's talk about that. All right, welcome back. We looked it up, and it turns out that Neil Patrick Harris, in fact, didn't play Chicken Little. It was actually Zach Braff. Who I do not like as well. Um, Molly still insists that Chicken Little looks a bit like Neil Patrick Harris. I think it's the mouth. But I think it's a stretch. It's because he's blonde as well. All right, so before the break, I wanted to bring up a point that you've made quite a lot of times, that you don't seem to be able to fully enjoy something unless you can directly relate to it. Yeah, I think, in general, I enjoy things because I can see myself in them. Like, for instance, my favourite book is kind of a funny story. I see myself as the main character because I feel like I've had similar experiences as him. And even in Short Term 12, I see myself as, like a bit of Brie Larson's character. So where do you see yourself in Scooby-Doo? As Velma. Is that it? Just I don't know. I feel like I'm more like a shaggy man myself, but I don't look like shaggy. But you don't have direct experiences that can tie you into Scooby-Doo. I love food. I love chilling. I love being with my homies. 
I like being with my dog. How do you see yourself where the wild things are? Which, for the record, is my favourite movie, not Molly's, but she does enjoy it when it, anytime we watch it. I see myself as KW. Why do you see yourself as KW? Walking around, getting angry, smashing. But then I see Maurice as Max, and I see, I feel like Carol and KW as me and Seb when we butt heads sometimes, but we both really care about Maurice. So I don't know, it just seems like quite a narrow way to experience things to only be able to enjoy it if you can put yourself in it. But the main the main thing, I'm pretty sure there's studies and stuff that have suggested if people can see themselves in something, they're more able to connect with it. I suppose, but I really... The, the two or three times we've watched Short Term 12, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a great movie. But I feel like you're able to kind of disconnect yourself from that. But I would say as a couple, we're not that dissimilar from Brie Larson and John Gallagher Jr.'s as a couple. But I don't necessarily see that when I'm watching the movie. I do. I suppose. I would say we've got the very similar dynamic as those those two have. So do you think it's limited to movies? Do you you feel the same way with TV? How about TV shows? TV shows? Because we've been watching a lot of the US version of The Office yeah, recently. Yeah, I say... Which well, character are you in The Office? Probably Dwight. But, <laughs> or Stanley, actually. But not really, though. Like, you're not really one of the key characters. I'd probably be Stanley. I suppose. At work, I'm, but I'm Stanley. But if so, if Stanley wasn't in there would you still be able to enjoy it i don't know because i see myself in different aspects of the characters like as a couple i see myself as pam and your you know jim but individually as a character i don't think you and pam have a lot in common no i'd say i probably have more in common with jim i suppose whereas i also would say i see quite a lot of myself in jim particularly as then, his attitude to work but then also i feel like i'm dwight why do you feel like you're dwight <laughs> Because I'm a bit annoying and I'm, out, especially at work, I'm a bit of a do-gooder, trying my best to do, like, everything. Alright, um, what about Good Girls? Which character do you see yourself as in Good Girls? I think I see myself as Mae Whitman's character. Which one's Mae Whitman? She's the one that's got a kid. Yeah, they've all got kids. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's the one who's the single mum. Yeah. Because I feel like her dynamic with her kid would be the same as mine and my kid. All right, so um, how about Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Where do you fit yourself in with that? I am Garth Marenghi. Are you, though, or are you just saying that for the point of not seeming wrong? No, I'd say I am Garth Marenghi. (laughs) Alright, I'll throw a few more quick ones at you. Black books. Oh, you know who I am in that. I don't know. Because you're not a a perpetual nihilist in the way that (laughs) the main character is. No, but I wouldn't say I'm necessarily necessarily a positive person. I suppose. And I do get down and dumped quite a lot and just think everything is just meaningless. But his character isn't necessarily about being down and dumped. He's just perpetually... He's just, I feel like Indifferent he's just, to the world. Yeah, but when people people come into his shop and they actually want to buy something, that's how I feel at work when someone actually wants a coffee. I suppose. Okay, the in-betweeners. I'd probably be Will. 
I don't know. I'd probably yeah, I'd probably be well. Um, I'd like to see myself as Simon because I feel like Simon's the most normal character. But I feel like I am Will. Yeah, I'd suppose out of those. I feel a bit quite smug with myself. I always think that I'm better than most people. Um, so does it apply with non-fiction as well, do you think? Like what? I don't know. Say, for example, we watched Jailbirds, the Netflix series recently. Did you see yourself in any of the... Yeah, re- reality TV, I don't really... So why does it ha- why is it fiction that you need to be able to see yourself in? I don't need to be able to see myself, but I feel like it enhances my experience of something if I do. So why do you not feel the same way about um, non-fiction? Because I feel like non-fiction is just hard. We don't watch much non-fiction. I suppose. I'd say, in a way, I'm almost the opposite. I don't necessarily feel that I need to see myself in the fiction that I watch, but... Say, for example, my favourite author at the moment is Chuck Klosterman. And it's absolutely because I can relate to him in a lot of ways. I see myself a lot in the way that he writes. Which I suppose is interesting. But that's how I see myself with Ned Vizzini. Yeah, but his is fiction for the most part. Yeah. Alright, what about music? Do you think... Because we did mention briefly that you felt that Watsky had more for you to relate to, being that he was white. Yeah, I just think, I think, I'm not going to lie, like, and I don't want to sound at all racist or anything, or, you know, anything like that, or small-minded, but I think, you know, people probably do have a different experience and stuff, and I feel like there definitely is a difference between the white experience and the, and your experience. You're The people you listen to in music... And predominantly mixed race. And you can't say they're not. Because I don't listen to anyone mixed race. Really. What about Kanye West? Kanye West is, is black. Who is a black man. But you are not a black man. I sometimes wish I was so I could be like Kanye. But I do love Kanye. But is your enjoyment of Kanye's music in any way hindered? No, but I see myself in Kanye. Why? Because I feel like he's from somewhere that's a bit rough. He's talking about experiences. The biggest thing for me with Kanye is when I listen to that song where it's kind of like a slapstick take on college. Oh, what, the skip from that album? Yeah. Go to school and then you get your degree. And then if you work really hard, you can be the secretary's secretary. But I think for me, because how long ago was it? Like a year and a half ago now? Yeah, it would have been sort of mid to late 2017, almost two years ago. Almost two years ago that I went to university and I was quite good in secondary school. Like, everyone thought I was going to go to university. And then in in college, I had a bit of a dip in the second year. I just really struggled. I just pretty much spent that whole year in bed, didn't I? Yeah. It was like... What was it? Half a year into our relationship. Yeah, a year, half a year. And I just, I just couldn't. I was at a really low point in my life. Yeah. And I think for me, I got to a point where I felt really directionless because Seb was telling me, you know, although everyone wants you to go to university, you don't have to go to university just because people want you to. And I think for me, it's the first time. In my life, I've been told that, you know, 
not going to university is also an option. Yeah. And when I heard that song where he's kind of taking the piss out of college, and also I like the line where he says, I started my own business. Oh, Oh, you graduated? No, I decided I was finished. I finished school and I started my own business. They say, oh, you graduated? No, I decided I was finished. But I feel like that just sums me up. I do like that as a line. Because I went to university for a solid probably two and a half weeks. Decided... You know, it's not my thing. I don't want to be here. People are really annoying me here. I'm not making friends. Everyone, it seems to me like everyone's problems are so insignificant and everyone is just annoying. And I'd say I was just at a point where I was just like, I actually can't deal with being surrounded by other idiots. So it's not necessarily inherently a race thing that stops you from relating No, I, I just feel like... But race can be one of the borders. Yeah, I feel like when I can latch onto a character, I just feel like... Like Lizzo. I don't see myself as a black woman. Yeah. But she's a big lady, and I appreciate what she says, and I like her because I'm big as well. And she's telling me that it's not a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, with Kanye, like, I just see myself in his lyrics, you know, growing up in, like, a bit of a rough place. You can relate. Same with Eminem. It's not just because he's white, but he grew up in the same kind of environment that I did. So could you say what you're saying is almost like an argument in favour of representation in the media? People say, "Oh, representation doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't. You, know, you don't have to add black people into every movie." But it's easier to see yourself in that if they can, if they do add black people into the movie. The it means it means something, yeah. Too. But it's not me being racist saying I don't see myself in Harold. I've just never worked an office job, and I've never done drugs, and it just doesn't appeal to me. That's fair. But do you think for someone that has had those experiences or is a non-white person that maybe can relate, do you do you understand why that as a movie could hold some value to them then? Yeah, I think I think like in terms of like especially diversity like it covers pretty much every aspect of the word. Yeah. It's got someone black, it's got someone white, it's got someone Chinese, it's got someone Indian. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a broad thing, it shows diversity. But then I don't understand it because I'm not... Like, I can't see myself in any of the main characters, I can't see myself in even the not main characters. And it doesn't mean that it's not a good film, it just doesn't hold any merit to me. But you have spent a lot of time saying that it's also not a good film. But it's not good to me. I just don't understand it. But you could, but... And the humour, it just... But then humour's subjective, and I just don't understand that. So it could be seen as a good movie. And do you, would you even go as far as to say that my, the way that I've read into it could be seen as Yeah, but then, meaningful? but then everything's got a hundred different meanings, hasn't it? Not really. Yes, it has. Not as concrete as that, that a lot of people would make the same reading from. I don't know, though, because I've not spoken to anyone else who's seen it. I've never heard of this film before. I suppose. I've literally... I've never heard of Cheech and Chong. I didn't even know there were Asians that were stoners. I thought it was all these white kids 
And I thought it was all the black ones doing smack and stuff. What about Broccoli by Dram? He likes to roll up a bit of the broccoli. Uh, yeah, that is true. Okay, so... But you know what I mean? Like, it's just a thing... I've, I don't really understand stoner culture and the fact that it's just slid right over my head, the whole of stoner culture. Okay, so I guess to sum, to sum up the movie, uh, would you say that you can understand someone liking it? I can un- understand someone liking it. Could you understand someone considering it to be a classic? Yeah, a personal classic. I don't know if I consider it a... A cultural a classic. A cultural classic, because I just don't understand. Never heard anyone talk about it. I feel like a classic like Superbad people... Most people have heard of Superbad. A, a, a cult classic, I suppose, then. A cult classic, I guess. Yeah. But then I feel like a cult classic is like Pulp Fiction, and I feel like most people have seen Pulp Fiction. But I wouldn't consider it a cult classic at that point if most people have seen it. I don't know. I suppose. Yeah, and it's I... weird, but that is what would be considered a cult classic, isn't it? So I guess, finally, my last question is, does it deserve that 7.1 it's got on IMDb? No. 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 Oh. No part of me enjoyed it. No part of me found literally any of it funny. I think the only time I laughed was when they were on that zebra and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Was it a zebra? What was it? A lion? It was a, che- a cheetah. A cheetah. You said about four different animals that have all been wrong. That was literally... Was someone else riding on the cheetah with them? No, it was just those two. They knocked someone over or something. No, they hit a branch and they both fell oh, off it yeah. and then they went into that hallucination sequence. It it was like the diverse version of Mighty Poosh. There was just shit going on and I didn't understand any of it. So, okay, my final question before we lay Harrod and Kumar to rest. And never open the DVD box again. Is it a bad movie or is it just a movie that you don't enjoy? I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a good movie. I would consider it a bad movie, but but people can see what they want in something and be able to relate to characters in different ways that I don't understand. But I definitely wouldn't consider it above even a five. I'd consider it below a five, and I wouldn't really understand it too based much. Based on personal experience, or just... Just based on the quality of it. Okay. And the end bit where they was they were at White Castle and they were... Getting all their burgers and then, oh, don't worry, guys, because we've forgotten our wallet. Neil Patrick Harris is here to save the day. I was thinking, oh, for fuck. And Neil Patrick Harris is gay. He's gay. Yeah, but he wasn't publicly out at this point, I don't think. Yeah, if he was gay, he's still gay, isn't he? Well, yeah, but not publicly for the people that wrote the movie. He didn't write the it movie. It was really weird, though, wasn't it? You've got to admit, it was it really kind of, weird. It goes into that a little bit more in the second movie. But it, we're not. It sort of goes that. into the... In, there's this joke in the second movie that he only came out as gay as a way to get close to women. That's really mean. Yeah, which say what you want about it. But he obviously was on board with making the joke. I, I just... I hate him. I just don't understand him. So one final quick tangent that I wanted to go on before we end the podcast... What are some comedies that you do like, apart from Without a Paddle? And obviously White Chicks, which we've discussed at length. Oh, my God. I think the best comedy ever, the week of. Oh, my God. This, honestly, 
it's Adam Sandler, it's new Adam Sandler. It's revolutionary. I was in like I was crying watching it. I was in hysterics. Steve came back, I was lying on the couch crying. I literally could not stop bawling my eyes out of this film. Any other comedies that you enjoy? Oh, that was such a good film though. What other ones we got? I don't know. Um I as a genre I'd say comedies are my least favourite genre. Do you think? I'd say up there with cowboy and alien movies. Zombie movies you tend to not like as well. I don't like zombie movies Though we enjoyed The Girl with All the Gifts. Yeah, but that didn't feel like a zombie movie. I suppose. It had zombies in it. Yeah, but... Cool. So basically, let's summarise... I hate comedies. Molly hates comedies, aside from Without a Paddle, White Chicks, and The Week Of... Um, and Captain Underpants. She also did not like Harold and Kumar, has no intention of watching any other stoner movies in the future. And does not approve of drugs in any way, shape or form. But I think to anyone that listens to the episode, I think they'll see me as the winner. So for anyone that's really been paying attention to the uploads, you might have seen a theme coming up. Episode 1 was The Simpsons, episode 2 was another TV show, Only Fools and Horses. Episode 3 was, I believe, about Arcade Fire, followed by episode 4 about Watsky. Episode 5 now being about the lowbrow comedy, Harold and Kumar Get the Munchies, slash Go to White Castle. By that logic, the next movie will be another one. The, the next podcast episode will be... White Chicks! Yeah, we normally... Don't let it out of the bag straight away, but we've alluded to it enough that I'm sure you saw it coming. Alright, bye, we're going to go to bed now. Stay tuned, buddies. Buddies.